We all get it. Postpartum and the years after having a baby is no walk in the park. But you know what? It isn't just about depression or anxiety either. Hey, my friend, I'm Miranda Bauer, homesteading mama with four wild kids, whose life passion and education is all about supporting mothers and providers and understanding the science, the art, and the sacredness of healing after birth. What we know as common sense in the postpartum years has many women feeling just plain awful. It's time to bring back the truth, get you the tools you need to heal, and thrive in motherhood and beyond. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Postpartum Circle podcast. I am Miranda Bauer, your postpartum nutrition specialist and the host, and I have an incredible guest with us today. Fanula Daherty is an amazing soul. She has been a part of my work and my business for quite some time now, and you are going to hear about something pretty incredible that she's been working on and doing in terms of this this conversation on breast milk versus formula. And I know that this conversation tends to be a little challenging for most of us. We're not here to bash anyone for choosing formula over breast milk. I know from my own experience, I had to use a formula at one point in time. I've also used donor breast milk for health reasons. And it was just something that we all tend to kind of come across. And I want to make sure that we we share that in the very beginning. But with that said, there's a lot of information here that we don't typically hear, that we are being misled to believe. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with Fanula and really dive into all the things that you have learned. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, again, this is this is quite a conversation, and I bet we can talk for hours on this. But maybe share a little bit about how you got started in this. I mean, you this was your thesis work. What brought you to this conversation and to really do this research? Well, I suppose it was kind of from my own experience, really. When I had my daughter, we faced a lot of challenges at the start. You know, I had preeclampsia. We had an emergency cesarean. She was in the ICU unit for four nights, five days. So it was really hard for us to establish a breastfeeding relationship. And then after that, it was coupled with just lack of support and I suppose to just the aggressive marketing of formula companies as well, you know, which I found out a lot more about while I was doing my research. So, yeah, when there was a lot of confounding factors that went against us and I did try and, you know, I had postpartum depression then and just lack of confidence and, you know, and and lack of support and switching to the formula feeding. I just find it really difficult, you know, for the breastfeeding and and then I suppose, yeah, with the postpartum depression too, like I just was so hard on myself for not breastfeeding, just one of those things I used to beat myself up about. And so when it came to when I was doing my master's, my background was food science. And then I was doing a master's in food science. So it was like or food business management. So you could either go from the food science point of view or a business point of view for the thesis. So 
what I touched on, well, the title of my thesis was The Comparison Between Human Milk and Formula, Critical Evaluation of Suitable Formulations to Closely Mimic Breast Milk at Different Stages of Lactation. <laughs> that was the official title of it, bit of a mouthful, but yeah, so just from that, I did extensive research on it and I just I just got locked in. I just find it so interesting how the formula companies were just aggressively pushing this product on us and telling us how great it was. And then from the research, no, no, it's just not as good as what they tell us. And the reason I added the part and then, you know, to come up with a formulation to closely mimic it is because there are loads of women, you know, that went through what I went through. There are loads of women that can't breastfeed. There are, you know, every, there's so many different scenarios, you know, where women want to or need to choose formula over breast milk. And uh, so the proposal for my thesis was to come up with an alternative for the formulas that are being sold because cow's milk proteins are the big issue, really. And the only reason they're being used by formula companies is because cow's milk is just more commercially available and there's more money to be made on it. I mean, the, the formula milk company or business itself is like worth 50 billion or even excess of that. But what I found out in my research was that the closest milk to uh, human milk is actually donkey's milk or camel's milk. Amazing to hear because that is not something that you that you ever hear in terms of we we always hear oh it's goat's milk is the next best thing but that's that's clearly not accurate no um, in composition yeah the donkey's milk and camel's milk would be closest in protein and protein the proteins are really what the main issue is you know with the cow's milk because i can go into them later but it's the size of them and the inability to digest them and I know Miranda you know all about it you know for women postpartum we don't have the digestive enzymes you have to stay away from dairy but it's for the exact same reason it's the proteins that you know we have bothered digesting and when you're born your gut isn't fully developed you know a baby's gut doesn't become fully developed until around about six months and then you know that's why you're supposed to exclusively breastfeed for six months and then continue it for two years to build up the immune system so I come up with this formula and because human milk changes at different stages you know you could have preterm colostrum you know for preemie babies then you've got your colostrum then you've transitional milk and then you're into the mature milk and it changes in composition at each stage so my proposal then at the end was, you know, to use like donkey milk or the camel milk for preterm babies and and then inoculate it with whatever it needs to be inoculated, you know, like our live bacteria and stuff like that there, you know, to get it as close to human milk as possible. But yeah, I, I, I was surprised at that one myself, the donkey's milk. But the reason they don't use these milks is because they're not as commercially available. I mean, you know, to... The donkey, like a human, it needs the, the foal beside it all the time, you know, to keep producing milk. And similar with the camel, well, I suppose because camels are only in certain parts of the world as well. But again, it's all money-based. Cow's milk is the way to go because it's more profitable. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember in my own experiences, especially becoming a first-time mom, 
I received, you know, I don't, I don't even know how it happens, but apparently somebody got the memo that I was pregnant and I was being sent all of these formulas in the mail. I, I mean, I had tubs of formulas that I had, you know, being sent for free so that I could try all of these different ones. It was so amazing to me that I somehow ended up on these lists. I, I think every single child I did, but my first, I I couldn't believe the amount of free formula products that I had received. And I remember this specifically, I remember telling my mom that I never wanted to formula feed. I really, really wanted to breastfeed. And I threw every one of those, those boxes away. And my mom had actually gone into the trash after I had left the room and pulled all of them out. And so when I was struggling, right, I had the, I mean, my nipples were so bleeding by week three. I was in so much pain. I had no support systems. My mom says, here you go. Here's your formula. And she was doing her best to support me. Right. And she didn't want to see me in pain. And she had formula fed me and my brother because she didn't have any support systems at hand either. And that was just the way we did it. And so I, and I'm witnessing, right. Especially those of us who give birth in the hospital. I mean, this is something that's a part of our, our, you know, bags to go. Um, when we leave the hospital, here's all of your formula. There's not a lot of support in terms of here's the breastfeeding information. Here's how we can help you establish that rather it's almost this push for here's your formula. Uh-huh. That was sort of the same with me as well. I remember being in the hospital and because she was in the ICU unit for a while. They only allowed her, she, she had to stay under the, the UV lights because she had jaundice and I was, I was so negative. So she was, uh, what do you call it, uh, Coombs positive. So yeah, she was there. So she was only allowed out for an hour at a time per day, you know, for me to feed her. And there was only two of the midwives that, you know, actually sat with me, showed me how to latch, you know, were supportive. And there was another time she came out and I couldn't get her latched on. And she started getting, you know what it's like. She was getting distressed. I was getting distressed. And I called a midwife to come and help me. And she's like, do you know what's wrong with her? She's just too used to getting formula down in that unit and handed her back to me. And I was like, you know, what do you do there? And then and then they come around with these trolleys in the morning. Now, it is actually illegal in Europe to promote any formula over breast milk. But all the companies send in those little bottles to the hospital and they just come around and they're like, what do you want? Which one do you want? And you can get, you know, try whatever one you want. And they're all free and they'll send one home free with you. And like it is actually illegal to do that here. But companies just send them in and there's just this attitude of, well, sure. Hey, you know, it's up to them if they want them or not, you know. So, you know, like. There, there is legislation being made to um, to make it look like, you know, they're promoting breastfeeding and, you know, but, no, you know, you're not even allowed to sales on formula milk from not six months formula milk, you know, but nobody objects, objects to it. It's not enforced. It just makes them look good, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so much of, this that we are seeing is, you know, we, we already know, right. We already know that 
formula companies are not producing anything close to what breast milk is, right? We we already know that the amount of support that we are getting in, you know, the hospital or even, you know, wherever it is that you are choosing to give birth in terms of uh, breastfeeding support is greatly lacking. And I will say, you know, I see this more and more recently in terms of lactation consultants and lactation educators, even them promoting breast milk, but also promoting formula, or you should just supplement with until your milk comes in fully or not truly advocating for the mother and her choices to breastfeed or formula feed. And, and what we're seeing here because of this is a complete imbalance in the way our children are being raised. They're not getting the full nutrients that they need from formula. And we're seeing some of those issues arise. And we have to really take note of that. And, and I think it's an important conversation to address because breast milk is far superior, right? And we know we have this conversation too. And I want to, and I want to chime in here, you know, fed is absolutely best. And again, I myself have used formula, Fenula, you you've used formula. We've all had situations where that has become an absolute essential for our baby. And we're not saying that you should feel guilty for that in the least bit. What we're saying is, is the lack of support systems in place that make formula that much more easier are, is wreaking havoc on our children and their health. And we, we have to recognize that for what it is because there's, there's so much more that we can do. And maybe you can share a little bit more about what are some alternative options? Because obviously, you know, going to see a camel <laughs> might not be the thing that we can do. I know that you're in Ireland, but here in the US, you know, that's not doable. And I'm sure it's not in mm-hmm. Ireland either. We we have loads of donkeys, but uh, <laughs> getting to milk them on a daily basis, no, it's not. Um, it's just not feasible either. But no, I think. Well, the main thing I th- I think you know more regulation of the laws that are already in place. I mean, that would go a long way to promoting you know breast milk. Um, we have you know laws as well where you know in the workplace you're entitled to lactation time. You know, and it can be an hour in the day and that does not have to take away from your your lunch breaks or your, you know, coffee breaks or anything. It's I think the problem really lies with the lack of information provided to women, you know, like even even just if they were aware of the long term effects of formula feeding over breastfeeding. You know, even like so many babies, like I feel so bad, you know, when they have like, um, you know, if they're colic or have reflux and instead of informing you, you know, why that is and, you know, what the difference breastfeeding can make, not always, but in most cases it does. Instead, you know, these companies are forcing something else on you, like stay down milk or do you know they've all these other options? You know, with different ingredients, and you know, to suppress the reflux, and and it's all processed. You know, so I mean, anything processed just isn't good. We know that from other foods and stuff as well. So for me, really, I think it's it's just the lack of information provided to women. Like, do you know, like breast milk is the benchmark that all these formula companies are trying to reach. And none of them have, you know, that's why it's like it's called liquid gold, <laughs> you know, 
for a reason. Like, but um, there's there's just things that can't be mimicked in the formula that you get, and you know, like the live cells, you know, that are transferred. You know, your antibodies, your microorganisms, and you know, the reason for it is human, like every mammal, the milk is specifically tailored to suit the young. You know, like say, like a you know, you've got a baby seal. The mother seal's milk is like so high in fat because that seal needs to start forming blubber straight away. Whereas cow's milk or a giraffe or anything, you know, it's really, really high in protein because the object of that milk is to get that animal on its feet as soon as possible, you know, so it can, you know, fend for itself. Whereas human milk, it's the antibodies, microorganisms, because the objective of human milk is to develop the gut because that's the basis for your immune system and for cognitive development because that's what separates us from animals. You know, we're not cows, we're not donkeys, we're not camels. <laughs> you know, we need we need we need a good strong immune system and we need to develop our brains. You know, so I mean, and that's just the bare bones of it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Mama, if you feel like all that I'm sharing with you here today makes complete sense for you, know that you are certainly not alone. There is a better way, and it starts with nutrition. Go to mirandabauer.com slash nutrition for your comprehensive postpartum nutrition plan specific for healing your mind, body, and hormones in the years after birth. Enjoy. This is a really important conversation. And again, there is a place for, you know, not being able, so many of us have not been able to breastfeed or had to stop. I had to stop breastfeeding. I had a severe gut infection. I shared my story recently on Facebook about hitting 82 pounds. And, you know, that was, that was like, I couldn't breastfeed anymore. My body was just done and my daughter needed something else. However, you know, we have to start advocating for this better care, this better support, and really, truly advocating better from these formula companies who are producing this and seeking better alternatives to this, which truly at this point in time don't exist. But the moment that we start saying, you know what, this is not good enough, that we need more, we need more support for breastfeeding, and we need better options for those who are not able to do so for whatever reason or choose not to do so for whatever reason. And so, you know, just recognizing that there's this huge gap that we have yet to fill that needs more attention and we have to recognize it for what it is. And I think that's why it's so important to have this conversation and to really truly begin speaking on the truth about it, because it's not just fed is best. There, there is, there's so much more to this conversation. And when we are saying it's, you know, fed is best, what we're doing is simply saying, you know, it's okay not to be guilty. And, and I'm the first to tell you, you absolutely should not be guilty. It's not your fault that these support systems are in place or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but also that we don't have the options that we should have 
in the 21st century. Like we should be well beyond and it's so much closer to this. Uh, and unfortunately we're not. And so I, again, I, I thank you so much for your time and having these conversations because they're so important and we really truly need to understand them again for what they are. Yeah, Miranda, I think another problem too, you know, on behalf of the, on the part of formula companies is, you know, even though like over this past years, they have tweaked their recipes, they've, you know, fortified it with different things, um, you know, different vitamins and minerals. And, you know, they, they do portray themselves as trying to get as close to breast milk. As, I mean, there's one company, they have an ad over here and they'll go, oh, based, it says based on 40 years of research, you know, and it makes you think, oh, God, they know an awful lot. Like, you know, they've been researching this for 40 years. But when when you go into what they're actually putting in, you, you know, when they're adding these vitamins and minerals and stuff, when you think, oh, great, uh, there's loads of iron in that, there's loads of vitamin D in that. The problem is that it's not the same as breast milk in, you know, the ratio of these vitamins and minerals together. Like, for example, formula milk would ha- has a higher content of iron than breast milk. And you think, oh, that's great. My child needs loads of iron. But when you delve into it, the fact is that iron is just not uh, readily available to the child. You know, like the reason there's less, the, the level of iron in breast milk is where it's at so that the iron isn't uh, in competition with other minerals that are in it, like copper and zinc. And the iron that there's actually lactoferrin in breast milk as well. So the iron that your child does need can come from the lactoferrin as well as the minimal amount of actual iron. You know, whereas when you look at the formula milk, it's so much higher in iron, but the child isn't absorbing all of that, you know? So, and, you know, there's, you know, things like the ratio of, you know, omega-6 to omega-3, both are so important, but the ratio between the two is even more important because one's anti-inflammatory, one's pro-inflammatory. And that changes at your different stages of lactation as well, you know, from your colostrum to your transitional milk to your mature milk, because it's what the child needs at the time. And then when you look at the formula milk and it's got both omega-3 and omega-6, they're actually from blended vegetable oils. Whereas the breast milk, it's actually made in the mammary glands and it's DHAs and AAs, which is vital for cognitive development and, you know, does the job that it's supposed to do at those different stages. Whereas the ratio isn't the same in the formula. So you've got like kind of more, um, is it phospholipid and less oleic um, acid in the formula? And then because of that, the the omega-6 is more predominant and that binds to calcium and it forms kind of like calcium soaps. So like that's why formula-fed babies would have harder stools than a breastfed baby you know so it's like little things like that there you know that do make the difference as well you know because that has an adverse effect then on your gut flora and it's the gut flora that forms the immune system and the immune you know it's got it's got a knock-on effect then afterwards and then you know you have less diverse gut flora then and 
And then all these studies show when your gut flora isn't as diverse further down the line, then diseases form like diabetes, Crohn's, celiac, IBS. You know, there's even studies that link formula feeding to asthma, allergies, childhood obesity, autism. You know, the list goes on like so. It truly does. It truly does. And again, that's the reason why we're having this conversation, because there is an insurmountable amount of evidence that shows breast is best and an insurmountable amount of evidence and stories from women that this is what we're what we're receiving, what we're getting here in terms of support is greatly lacking. And to go back to, you know, what, what are our options really? I mean, because we do, we do have so few options that are really good for us. I mean, look at, you know, hearing your story of having, you know, this emergency cesarean and having a baby in the NICU. And then my story of my health going South and, you know, not being able to physically breastfeed anymore. What are our options out there? What is it that we can do in order to supply our baby with the best options available that, I mean, it's, you know, we have donor's milk, we can get donor's milk. There's plenty of places for that so that we can have breast milk. And we did that for quite some time, but it's almost, sometimes it's not enough. So what do we do? Well, you know, the answer to every world problem is education, 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 education. I'm a big believer in that. But specifically, I think the healthcare professionals should be more educated in it, you know, so that they can provide more support. I think women themselves should be, you know, given so much more information. It's just not available to them. And there's nobody saying, you know, and it's not that you, you know, want to force it on them, you know, but it just, you know, it it just should be mainstream knowledge, you know, and I mean, even, and especially like for the healthcare professionals too, because I'll never forget it my first visit from the the public health nurse. I don't know uh, what system uh, you operate with there, but in Ireland, you get so many visits from the public health nurse after you go home. That's all included in the national healthcare framework. And she came out and, you know, she did the usual checks and weighing her. And, you know, the way like children or babies, you know, they lose a certain amount of weight after they're born, you know, within the first couple of weeks. And then, and she says to me, um, I was, I was trying to feed again at that stage. And I was actually feeding her at the time when she was there. And um, she says, oh, she's lost too much weight. Like she went from eight, three to, I think, seven, ten. I didn't think that was too much. And, and given the fact that I had uh, preeclampsia, like I was quite swollen. I thought it was natural that she was a bit puffy too when she was born. <laughs> but um, she, uh, I said, she goes, um, she says, oh, you, you're going to need to feed her more. She needs, you need to bring her weight up. And, and I says, well, how do I know if she's getting enough? And she says, oh, well, she'll just top her up with formula after you're finished. Mm. And in hindsight now, I was thinking, oh, my God, what cereal box did your qualifications fall out of? Like, it just it doesn't make sense, like, you know, to tell that to a mother. Like, she she's a public health nurse. She should know 
Yes. And this is, so we don't have, we don't have public health nurses that come to us when, uh, after we give birth in the hospital setting, we go home and we're not expected to show back up again for six weeks and we go back into, so there's, there's literally no support systems, home birth midwifery or more traditional midwifery care does provide those ongoing support sessions after birth through the first six weeks. And, and when we, you know, this is, this is a rising concern that we are seeing is that these professionals, even those who are trained in this, who are providing lactation support are not supporting one, the mother's choice and two, giving evidence-based information and causing issues in terms of latching and breastfeeding issues, not recognizing lip and tongue ties, promoting, you know, topping off with formula or pumping first um, and, and all of these that actually can truly decrease breast milk and require the supplementation of something like formula. And it's very interesting to see this. And, I, and again, having this conversation and, and saying that this is a reality and that so many of you who are listening can probably attest you've gone to seek support. Maybe you've had to seek multiple support systems in an effort to continue, you know, your choice in breastfeeding or even bottle feeding or whatever the case may be, because what we have here is such a discombobulated affair uh, of breastfeeding knowledge. It's just not something that we are, we are pervy to in our world right now, no matter where you are in our world, it seems like there is this misinformation that's taking place and our choices are not being fully supported. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think, you know, the governments should pay more, but, you know, you've got the likes of UNICEF and WHO, or the, the WHO um, you know, they bring out these stats all the time. They bring out recommendations and, you know, it's, it's alarming the information that is there that is just not being utilized and you know because I got a lot of my information from them when I was doing my research and at the time the Irish government actually had uh, brought in this um, incentive to increase the breastfeeding rates by something like five percent you know within so many years and they had uh, promised something like uh, something like 50,000 per annum, you know, out of every budget, you know, to, to go towards, the, you know, providing information to mothers and stuff. And, you know, like within the formula, the following year, they, they just cut that out of the budget, saying they had to make budget cuts, you know. So, you know, there's lack of support there, like even on the government level from for mothers, as well as the healthcare providers and 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 the formula companies themselves, like, you know, they know all this. They know they they know there's far more beneficial tweaks that they can make to to their formulas. I mean, the, their main objective is profit at the end of the day. It's a fifty billion dollar industry. So, you know, it's never gonna be as good, but it could be better. You know, so the onus is on them too. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. And it's it's not an easy one for in the least bit, but I appreciate you being here and sharing this. And we will be sure to include any of your links because I know that you 
are working really diligently and bringing this information to light even more. And I want to make sure that our audience has that information at hand. So hopefully we'll, we'll, well, you're, you're in the process of creating that website as we speak. So if you are complete with that, we will make sure to have that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in and taking the time to learn about how to support your body in deep healing. We don't do this work just for us or for you. Your healing impacts your children, your relationships, and your community. We do this work because the health and vibrancy of our world begins with its mothers. I hope you have taken some valuable information today and applied it to your own life. If you aren't sure where to begin, reach out about working together one-on-one or at minimum learning about my postpartum nutrition plan, which is where I start every single one of my clients. And you can do that by going to mirandabauer.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know by leaving a review and we will see you next time.